friends, welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we look at movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey. Join tonight, uh, this Friday, for a very special double feature presentation by my longtime friend and co-host, Mike Cloud. Mike Cloud, why don't you go ahead and get on in here, Doc? You got uh, uh, to let these people no hear No one's ever accused me of being too quiet. <laughs> I'm sure once we start screaming yeah. at each other, the volume will be great. <laughs> yeah. All well, right, guys. So as always, if you like the show, please take a second to leave us ratings and reviews, especially on the Apple Podcast app. That helps us out enormously. You can also see our faces on YouTube. Uh, that's Nerd Alchemist, plural, with an S at the end. A lot of other cool content coming uh, for you on that channel soon enough. Uh, Mike will probably be a part of some of that too, man. So stay yeah. tuned and find us on our socials. We're really active on uh, all social media. Uh, Twitter, we're at filmalchemist1, the number one. You can find us there. Hit us up with any ideas for movies you'd like to see covered, double features, guest, or month-long themes. Anything you want, we want to hear it. Uh, as you guys know, uh, our next month, the pod takes the case, right? So we've got four uh, movies where people are trying to solve a mystery, right? we got a killer list. The Golden Child with Eddie Murphy. One of my all time. I'm going to make the case to you guys that it's actually the best Eddie Murphy detective movie. Better than 48 Hours and Beverly Hills Cop. Stay tuned for that. I don't disagree with that. Yeah. <laughs> I got one. Uh, Clyde Barker's Lord of Illusion. Scott Bakula, uh, Wild Awesome Flick. Zodiac and Brick, man. So we got some really good stuff coming for you next month. But tonight, we're here um, for a very special occasion, man. The Color Out of Space dropped this week. I saw this movie in theaters, and I fucking flipped, right? It's like, it's everything I love, right? It's Nick Cage. Um, and a really weird Nick Cage role, because it's Nick Cage doing his approximation of what he thinks a normal dad is like. Yeah, like, yeah the, his character was so weird. I don't know if it was, like, written that way or if it's Nick Cage trying to pretend to be normal. Right. Which is well, not normal It's a, Essentially, if Nick Cage plays it as an alien who's never seen a dad yeah. before... But then watch, like, TGI Friday, and it's like, I can do this. <laughs> and I love that, right? And then it's the Lovecraft universe, which I've yep. always said is the last great untapped multiverse for uh, movies that hopefully we're going to get into. So because of that, I called up Mike, who loves these kind of movies, too, and I was like, we're going to do a double feature. And Alex had the great idea uh, that Slither was actually a perfect pairing with Color Out of Space. Because there's a lot of really good movies that would pair with this one, but I think Slither's a really interesting choice to pair with it. Yeah, the only other one I would suggest is In the Mouth of Madness, kind of. Right. Uh, pairs with that. But yeah, as far as like creature feature, yeah, yeah. perfect. <laughs> this is a good, so this is our creature feature double feature, right? So we're going to start with Slither, guys. So uh, we'll do this one, and then you'll also have available at the same time the color out of space, man. So that's a long intro. Enough of that. Let's get to Slither. So, Cloud, you had told me you had never seen Slither before. This is kind of one of those movies that has a, a cult following, I would say. Yeah. I'm not sure why this didn't become one of the pantheon, like, great horror movies. Especially of, I think this movie came out when, 2009? Six. 2006. 2006, right. Yeah. So, of the... the Two thousand to two thousand ten range, right? This is definitely one of the best horror movies. Oh yeah, like it, it, because <laughs> I'd always read so many places of how good of a movie this was, and I'm glad you asked me to watch it because it's one of those things I always said I'm gonna watch that. I, I need to watch it. I'll get to it later. I never would have, <laughs> right. uh, but I think one of the things is is from what I expected it to be to what it really was are two completely different things. Like I remember hearing about that movie. I remember the previews. And it was, like, advertised as, like, this, like, slug zombie, like, invasion yeah. of the body snatchers type of movie. And, yeah, there's that element to it. That's definitely part of the movie. That's part of it. But it's, like, basically almost like a mashup of, like, many different uh, horror genres, like creature yeah. feature and, like, that, like, 80s alien invasion, like, all the the, the small town, a meteor comes into town or, right. or, or hits, uh, messes everything up. Uh, but and then yeah, it has like the 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 body snatchers and the zombie aspect to it, and uh, and almost even just kind of makes fun of those genres, and makes fun of itself along the way. Right, it's like so much like good stuff just boom, like thrown into one. That's such an amazing movie. Right, and yeah, I don't even know. See, I think it's it's not making fun of, but it's it, it feels like the best love letter. Right, it reminds me of a love letter to like drive-in eighties horror genre. Right. Like, any horror movie that you would go to in the 80s, like, you know, just literally anything. Invaders from Mars, uh, Chopping Mall, like any like, kind of weird genre. It's like, this feels like it has something it, in there. It, it almost, it, the first thing that actually came to my mind was Critters. 
yeah uh, with right? this movie yeah uh, <laughs> <laughs> there was definitely a lot of something comes to earth and once i mean killer clowns from out of space yeah, essentially right? the same yeah. thing if you've but, never seen Invaders of Mars, though, or from Mars. I don't know if I've ever seen that one. Killer Clowns. It's, it's yeah, one of my lists, right? I heard someone on Twitter refer to this as Kinder Tear, right? And they call it the Kinder Tear genre of what's a movie you saw way too young that <laughs> oh, traumatized you forever, right? Like The Witches is a great example. Where you're like, oh, it's a real dull like, children's movie. You're like, the movie's fucking horrendously <laughs> terrifying. But Invaders I, from Mars is essentially E.T. with like oh fuck someone's gonna get cannibalized like it's really very scary for kids i don't even know anything about that one i don't you even check it out right, though, right? add it one. to your slither list oh, yeah you that, that's an out. that's you're gonna make me have to do a podcast on it i know uh, oh hell yeah dude i would love to, to do that it. one for all sure. right we'll do that in critters that'll be perfect list. but right, this is, but this is what i'm saying right so there were movies like this that could just have a great monster these great kind of high concept things amazing practical effects a lot of fun right like the characters are kind of joking their way through it you know like they they're the kind of characters that almost on a subconscious level know they're in a movie right yeah and so there's just a lot of kind of fun tongue-in-cheek stuff but that's what i think is so cool about this is it's just it feels like a love letter to all those movies we loved right like the drive-in 80s stuff or you know like one of the best things when we were younger because we're a little older is going to the video store and just like perusing the whore aisle. Yeah. And just being like, what is that cover? Like, I'll watch that shit, yep. whatever it is. And this feels like it's kind of insanely well-produced, insanely well-written version of that with this great cast. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I yep. think that's what makes this movie so special. And again, I'm not sure why this one didn't become more popular. Right. And there are kind of a handful of these. I don't know if you've ever seen Splinter. But it's another one of these something comes from somewhere and is taking people over. Maybe people are just – I've seen that story too many times, right? And I don't know what it is, but I feel you're, like Slither. Well, your description also kind of brings to mind like Cabin in the Woods. Like, right. Another great movie that never really took off, but it's actually one of my personal like favorites. Right. That one's kind of a very meta examination yeah. of horror too, right? And that's – I mean, that. but that's what I mean. There's so many great movies in this category that maybe that's the problem. Yeah, just that it category. It just got just lost, right? You're like, I've seen that movie 50 times. Mm -hmm. I think this one is different, though. If I had to pinpoint what I think is really much better about Slither is I think it's just Michael Rooker, right? <laughs> like, like, I know a lot of people would say Nathan Fillion is this great addition to the movie. And that's true. Like, he's a great actor. But yeah. I feel like you could find other guys that could do something like that role, right? Mm -hmm. Michael Rooker in this movie – really gets a character yeah. you know so he takes what would just be this generic oh he's like a bad guy bad husband and but then becomes not. a media but that's what i mean michael michael rooker right he has this i've always loved him right i've always adored yeah. him because i remember the first movie i ever saw him in was mall yeah that's the first thing and he hasn't aged a day <laughs> yeah. so he's yeah. i think he's always been like 50 <laughs> From years the time old. he was 21 he looked 50 <laughs> and he's just keeping that but that's he what i mean he, he just was like oh like look at that he's like a bad guy right but he's so not a bad guy, really. You in start this movie. finding him in the movie where I was like, oh, fuck, this guy's like next level. Because he's mm -hmm. in a lot of movies as, you know, like a character actor. But when I saw Henry, Portrait of a Serial Killer, you're like, oh, shit. Like yep. this guy. And what Michael Rooker does that I think is such an amazing lane to have for an actor is he plays an everyman who cannot be one of us, right? So he plays a guy that you're like, I'm sure I have seen and kind of been around people like that. But he always has this like wolf in sheep's clothing yeah. thing about him, right? Just the There's way he just talks, a his mannerism, subtext yeah. about him. Even in this movie, when I think you could argue in this movie that Grant is actually pretty heroic and a decent guy, right? I don't know about heroic, but he loves his wife. Like he. But no, no, no. Here's a great example. This is what I'm saying, right? When he becomes the monster, right? You're like, oh, this is classic. He's just gonna be a monster, right? Mm -hmm. The scene that struck out to me, I was like, this is why you get Michael Rooker for this, is when she's in the shower. They're getting ready for the, the fucking line dancing festival or whatever. <laughs> the, the the deer deer cheer? Deer cheer, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so she's in the shower, right? And he comes in and his fucking tentacles are yep. out. It's very phallic, right? He's like, oh, all right, I'm coming to get her. And he watches his wife, right? And these tears yeah. like start forming in his eyes. And you see him, right? This is Grant's last act of humanity where he still has enough left of himself to fight and not give in to this parasite that's hijacked his body to save the woman he loves well throughout the whole movie he just he that's like his 
main saving grace is he does not want to hurt his wife. He doesn't right. give two shits about anybody else. Right. Fuck everyone else. <laughs> but he but, loves his wife. Like even like even before he becomes the monster, like yeah. when that woman like tries to seduce him, he's like, No, I love my wife. Like right. this has been fun hanging out in the woods and talking. You yeah. Know, probably crossed a few lines, but he didn't have I was an gonna affair. say, we're both married. <laughs> yeah, we and would be home and you're like, like, Honey, I know you weren't in the mood last night, but you definitely will be now. <laughs> I left you to go to a bar, get drunk hit on this girl, went out in the woods. We kissed for like, you know, 10 seconds. No, 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 no. She and kissed I me. Pu- I didn't kiss her. Yeah. I pushed her away, but I did. I, 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 I might've given her a piggyback ride through the woods. Yeah. In the grand history of mankind, <laughs> the she yeah. kissed me has never worked. That's not an excuse that ever no, works. I'm not saying it would. He would not. No. Yeah. It'd be in deep shit. But nonetheless, <laughs> though, though, when, when pushed the edge, he oh even as a monster, when pushed the right. edge, he loves his wife and he always pulled back. Right. He never but wanted to hurt when her. When he becomes more of like the fully fledged, like clay face cthulhu looking thing right yeah, that, that they, uh... then he become he has this thing where he still wants her but in his own way right that's the last moment where he just lets her exist on her own mm. right and he's like i want to preserve you the way you are the next time we see them together in the field after he's catching the cow and he runs away and they surround him with the guns he still has that like damn it would be awesome to absorb you you know what I mean? Like then he's like more of like the traditional bad husband where well, it's like, that, I want to make you a part of me. Is that him or is that the parasite? Like that's like there's a Well this gets like that a, that is like another theme in the movie constantly, which is really fun. But I think that's the thing though, right? Even at the end when they're doing like the Java orgy, right? Where it almost looks like society. <laughs> and I don't know if you've I'm giving you like a lot of movie homework, but if you've never seen society Nope, I haven't seen that one either. It has I- arguably the greatest ending of any movie ever for like the last it feels like 30 minutes but it might it only like be an t- eyes wide shut thing that happens at the end if let's say if in eyes wide shut someone's face had melted with their asshole and was like talking to you talk it's really weird all right like clive barker probably watched that and was like oh the vapors you know like, <laughs> this is insane but it's it reminds me of that because again it's this melding of the flesh right mm-hmm. And so, <laughs> it's such a weird movie, but you have to watch it. It's like an undeniably insane right. film. But what what this movie is doing with him, right? So, even when he's in the Jabba orgy room, what I love, and this is what is so I don't good, know if there's a call it an orgy. It's like... Uh, I mean, there are a I, lot of people, flesh type... I, I, mean, I was thinking more like, like Cronenberg. Sexual. Cronenberg is probably more right. where I would... But I'm saying Cronenberg and Clyde Barker especially, right? They do a lot of these kind of visceral, like... You feel like you're sticky from watching them kind of mm. body horror things. They're all sexual symbolisms, right? So oh, this, this movie, is like, all... the whole like tentacles, like <laughs> yeah. with it, with the alien spunk getting injected yeah. into people. And then oh, I guess, yeah, yeah. They, all the people like in there, they do start rolling their eyes back, like getting yeah. off from like when he like, fucking getting... stabs Nathan yeah. Philly and they're like, oh, yeah, it's just okay, like... yeah, 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 you're right. Okay, but, fine. And yeah, this is the other thing that, that lets you know it's a sexual thing is that when she enters the room, right? Cause they kidnap her back, right? His wife, Starla, right? Mm-hmm. Which immediately made me think of Napoleon. <laughs> I think anyone laughs at me. Cause I go home to Starla. Every- <laughs> There's a universe where that was Grant and Starla before, but that's neither here nor there. So they go into the room, right? And she's all dressed in white. He's had his minions decorate the whole room with her like pictures. Yeah. He plays the, you're every woman in the world to me, which becomes really creepy in the context of what he's doing, absorbing all yep. the women in the world. Right. <laughs> but when she walks in, right. All the minions are going, you fucking who are you? Sleep? Right. Yeah. They they're are screaming. Yeah. And Grant sits there still taking her in. But no, they're, commu- they're, they're talking through him. Like they're, they're saying what he wants them to I don't, say. I don't think that's it's, it's a case. hive mind. Because they all have things that they can say on their own, or he can speak through them. We'll get to the next thing we'll do is break down what the creature actually is, because I think that's the coolest part of the movie, too. But that scene, right? Like, there are just moments of Michael Rooker in this immense amount of practical makeup, right? And he just, with his eyes, can still fucking get you there. Mm -hmm. That there's this broken, devastated... And she even says, like, you you like when I call you great. Right, yeah. And they just cut to Rooker's Yeah, and you're just looking at this, like, look at this fucking monster. Like, what is happening? But all I could look at with all this shit going on on the screen is Michael Rooker's eyes. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what separates this movie out from those movies we watched in the 80s. That a guy can still act even though the only part of him that you can actually see is his eyes. I mean. Like everything else is just hardcore I've always heard that, right? When I lived in Hollywood and shit, people were always like, actors would say like, it's in the eyes, man. Like you got it or you don't, right? Mm -hmm. If you look in someone's eyes when they're acting, you can tell if they've gone there and they're feeling it or if they're faking it. Right. And Michael Rooker's just one of the most underappreciated actors of all time. 
And he fucking, I mean, that's the thing in this movie, right? Is he takes the monster and gives it this amazing breadth of heart and emotion. And that's just something we didn't see in those like schlockier versions of these movies from when we were kids. Yep. Yeah. And especially for someone that is like pigeonholed in almost every single role, he's always that hardcore redneck gun toting, uh, kind of a sleazy backstabbing guy, like in everything he does. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Even in Henry, right? He has this like code of honor. And so yeah. you're like, oh, look at Henry, like stopping this guy from raping his sister. Granted, he just killed 25 women, you know, in the opening credits. But, <laughs> but you're like, what a nice guy. And that's like the power that he has. right? Yep. And so I think that's amazing. Uh, also amazing in this movie is the monster, obviously. Like the yeah. monster work it, is fucking outstanding. In this but movie. yeah, like what was like the budget on this? Because like it. Like, I can't That's imagine it was question. actually really high. No, 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 no. It, but I mean, this it, like, movie what was they... like thirty million. I would imagine that was probably the high end of what it could be. Right, but what they did with like minimal resources was amazing. Right in, in this movie, like the CG can be a little terrible at times, but like the actual like prosthetics. I mean, and... it's also two thousand six. Right. Exactly. Right? So you you know you have your standards like the... fifteen million. Wow, fifteen million, which is not a big budget for what they. No. And what I think this movie does right, and this is, I'll give it a lot of credit. The practical effects are fucking yeah. awesome. Yep. And the CG is not always great, right? I'll give you that. But it's, it is 2006. It's, it's You're right. early so. use of CG. But what this movie does is how I've always wanted people to use CG, right? My theory is if you're in a wide shot, right? If, if my point of view of whatever I'm watching is far away, mm-hmm. animate away. I don't care, right? Because then it's, you know, the human eye I don't see as well at a distance. It's dark. Like, there's a monster I'm... Cre- I've, there's a monster I've never seen, so... As a character, I'm creating, like, whatever it is in my mind. You can see how it yeah. would look weird to you, right? Fine, do all that. When you bring me in for the moment, I want that shit to be real. Right. If they had... This, this is a great analog of, like, the Scorpion King. You remember when that shit came yeah, out? Yeah, oh, God, yeah. And it has probably the worst CG yeah. of any movie I remember, where, like, they animate The Rock's face, and you're like, oh. If you had animated Michael Rooker's face when he's, like, in the worm outfit, this movie doesn't work to me right. at all. It nope. falls apart. Right. But the fact that they know when to take their shots, right? Like, we can CG when we're further away to get, like, a gore effect or something that's hard to do. But when we come in, right? Like, mm-hmm. probably the most iconic scene in the movie is the uh, the breeder barn, right? Where they, oh, right. they yeah. track them through the woods and they yeah. open the barn. And there is a – what's her name? Bridget? I don't remember her name. Just Bertha? the big Bertha's probably ball. not right. Yeah. yeah. Whatever her name is, right? She's like this uh, – fucking uh veronica or whatever her name is from willy wonka right she's the blueberry girl gone <laughs> uh, awry violet that's right yeah. violet Beauregard. violet your turn and violet yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she opened they opened the barn and she's just i don't feel so good I'm so hungry. <laughs> right. and it's just this massive right she looks like a gigantic sphere yeah and, and a little tiny face and you're just thinking about the practical effect is you do any kind of like inflation setup mm-hmm. and you just stick her fucking face yep. in there but it looks so it looks... much better because we can see that face. And then when you pull away and her body's ripping, you're like, whatever. You already won me over with the yeah. awesome effect. Finish it however you need to, budget-wise. <laughs> and I love that thing because that's just one of those things where it's both like kind of like horrifying and fun at the exact same oh time. Like, that's God. really cool. Totally impractical because obviously if anybody was like actually inflated, they're not talking. I mean, don't like, bring I don't... your doctor mind into <laughs> Alien but no, genetics. but no. That's where I talk about, like where this movie kind of makes fun of itself, where it puts like these ridiculous situations that are just kind of fun and really yeah. cool to see. They're a little bit terrifying, but but you're that's still a you, lot of bit fucking but, terrifying. But you still, first no, time. I watched. I'm like that. That's a really cool scene. Like it's just very imaginative. So like, well, right, it's surreal. Like that's what I love. And anything in horror, if it's surreal, it I love. Turns it. her into an egg sack. Yeah, you know what I mean. The the unwed mother being turned into an egg sack. I'm like. It's a little on the nose, right? Punishing her for, like, a life choice a lot of us have made. That's weird. <laughs> I don't know if that was the underlying message. The movie there, felt there... like it was saying, oh, she's trying to nab someone else's husband on purpose. I don't right? know if she was, so like, trying to find, like... like, a baby daddy as much as she was just... You don't think so? Or she, 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 she could have been a gold thing. digger. She could have been... That's the same shit, dude. Meh. Right? I, she wants... She could have she... done that with or without the baby. This is what... When the sheriffs were talking to her, like, that's a pair I'll never understand. Grant and Starla. Right. And they say, specifically, she grew up broke. Right. And he showed up in a Cadillac and she wanted to be a lady. What this girl is he meets in the bar seemingly is what they told us Starla was. What they thought. So what everybody thinks Starla is. What they thought Starla was. And uh, it feels like she's trying to like 
hey man, I'm gonna move up the ladder. Like I heard things are weak over there. Why is your husband in a bar? I'm coming for his ass. Oh, I'm not. I'm Which not, I would I'm, totally I'm not, say I, fair play. I'm not gonna. No, I'm not gonna forgive a homewrecker <laughs> by any means. I don't know. If hey, as the, a married the story guy, is punitive. If my wife is out at the bar looking for someone else, I think that probably I've not been great to her. Right? <laughs> well, I'm not saying it's my fault. If she breaks the coven or the covenant right of a marriage, that's on her for sure. But I think these things always start because, you know, things are not great. Right. And so I think I think she's taking a fair shot, right? Like, hey, man, I also want to live in the nice house. You but there, there are things not great at home. It's like, oh, she was not in the mood for a little while. Like, that's that's right. not, <laughs> yeah, that's like, not things not being good at home. That's normal. like, hey, can you not, like, maul me? Yeah, can right. I, yeah, exactly. go, I have my curlers in. Can I fucking sleep? <laughs> Everyone who's married and has kids knows that life for sure. <laughs> but that's what I mean, right? So it's not, like, a big deal. But then not only does he be like well, you're a trashier version of my wife, so I'll impregnate you and turn you into an egg sack. Later on, little known thing that I totally forgot in the movie, when the the girl has the Pacific Rim moment where she sees the, like, other world oh, yeah, that yeah. this thing is eaten, we start seeing flashes of the things it's done, right? Mm-hmm. There's an overhead shot peering into the crib with the baby after we see the flashback of him impregnating that lady. So he Grant definitely fucking ate that baby. No, they said the baby was with somebody else. Like, the cops... Like, of course they, they said that's a lie. Yeah, that's You're true. telling yeah, me yeah. in that flashback of the creature, Th- that- he impregnates his mom and goes and looks at, oh, look, another little baby that I won't <laughs> absorb and eat. I mean, that is... In this particular movie, that is believable because <laughs> that's when they actually caught me on... This movie baby. was, like, totally unforgiving. Yeah. Like, like with its Brutal. deaths. Like, it didn't matter if you were <laughs> a kid or an innocent civilian cop, or what. It doesn't or, matter. No. Like, My like, favorite death, though, by far, is the politician. Right, because he gets oh, he's like shoot me and poof, like, yeah. like not no hesitation. <laughs> well, because it's the fucking it's the uh, the fly moment, right? The Cronenberg like kill me, yeah. And Gina Davis is like crying, like I love this right. man, like there might still be a human, and he's like kill me, and then she begrudgingly does it. He asked Nathan Fillion who just looks and he's like, okay. dope. Fucking <laughs> 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 waste. But that was like every like even with Starlet, like with Starlet with the other cop. Yeah, he was like. Oh, you don't have the balls to shoot me. Boom. Yeah. Dead. Like no hesitation. There was like no like thought like, hey, maybe we can save these guys. Yeah. Like we maybe if we like kill like the head alien, yeah. everyone else might go back to normal. <laughs> no, no. I just, just, they just go just guns blazing. Yeah. Just kill everybody. I like that because that's how it should be in an apocalypse. <laughs> like the moment you see a guy who's a giant like worm tentacle beast, you'd be like, yeah, I'm not taking any risk. You're just going to kill everybody. Yeah, fuck all of you. Like, even, if, no e- even if there's a chance, like, if you just went for the head alien that they yeah. might go back to normal, you would no. have no... No qualms. No qualms in taking everybody out. This to movie save that. doesn't ask the question in as difficult a way as, like, the color out of space. Like, that asks that question in a much more hard-hitting, uh, close-to-home manner. Right. Well, especially when... This you- one is just like, ah, there was a husband who was pretty fucking close to cheating on you. And a bunch of other people that talk shit behind your back like would you shoot them yeah fuck yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah they didn't give two shits about anybody in their community like, like nathan Fillion's just like my deputy who i'm probably great friends with runs him down <laughs> Starla. but yeah that's what i mean or once the other you, cop that just like walks up behind him he's like like yeah. shoots him like straight once to you note. see shit like that i think it's crazy in movies where people it's kind of this thing where people you see a lot of horror movies where especially like apocalypse movies right where people have lived in a world now for a long time, presumably. And they still have this delusion that any of the old rules apply, right? Like, you're a po- political junkie, kind of like I am, right? Probably even more than me. I'm not that into it. But I follow. I like the blood sport nature of sports, right? Yeah. And there's this thing where, like, everyone's, like, on Twitter, like, Democratic candidates need to do this and this and this. You're like, that's not the world we live in anymore, man. Like, we're in a new world where, like, all that old shit, like, playing nice and whatever is gone, man. Like, the orange slug from space, like, changed all the rules, and we're here to kill. <laughs> you know, like, this is political blood sport now. And I, and you see that in horror movies all the time where, like, Walking Dead will have a character who's just like, I just I don't want to do it. I want to be friends with people. You're like, yeah, great. You're going to not last an episode. Like, <laughs> y- you could not have lived long enough to be in the movie as I'm seeing you now because the, the world – I think you would be surprised how fast people would change. In a, in a real world post-apocalyptic, how yeah. little fucks people would give for the, we, we the well-being of others. right on the outskirts of Indianapolis, a fairly big city, but in a fairly sparse rural state of Indiana, right? Yeah. If this happened in my neighborhood, I'm telling you for a fact, within 24 hours, anyone who's alive would have killed one of their neighbors. 
it would have happened, right? I would do I, it. E, e, without without taking a half a second to even think about the necessity of doing so. If, if my neighbors, who I love dearly, came over to my house and, <laughs> and like their arm is a tentacle, I would grab my wedding katana and be like, you're fucking dead. I'm killing you. Especially if my kids are fucking here. That, okay, like, fair are you enough. kidding me? Like, you're fucking done. And then when I see her erupt into a ball of, like, fucking leeches that are trying to get in people's mouths and shit, I'd be like, no fucking well, way. Nothing you would have been able to do to stop that. You think I'm going to drag you, them outside? You, you would have and... shot her, and then they would have just been leeches everywhere still. Right. Well, they made the classic, like, 1917 mistake. Like, oh, I'm going to give you water and comfort. Oh, I got attacked. And it's like, yeah, dude, that's right. This is a movie, right? They even tell us early. This is a movie of survival of the fittest. Yeah, they right? do say, yeah. And it's not the strongest. It's whoever's the most fucking ready, right? Or the Mental most... preparedness is part of survival. Like, yeah. this is why I always say, like, you never hear, like, or you never see, like, the documentary on a great boxing champion. And they're like, well, he grew up in a wealthy white person neighborhood. Yeah, he had, like, a fighting. gated yard. Like, yeah, like, those people don't have to fight for shit. Like, real boxer. Like, Mike Tyson always said that. He's like, my kid came to me and said, hey, I think I want to be a boxer like you. And he's like. No fucking way. <laughs> you know? he's like, he like laughed in his son's face and he's like, you've been rich your whole life. He's like, do you know what it's like to be in a ring with a person like I was? Mm -hmm. Like a fucking full on maniac, like fighting to kill you because they have nothing. So how does Muhammad Ali's daughter do it? Well, I don't know. I mean, she, I mean, there are people that are probably greatly talented. I, I mean, I don't actually, drive. I don't know if she actually, I don't know how good of a boxer she, she actually good. is. She, she was good. good. And I, I mean, I, I don't know a lot of stats, but like, I know she was winning fights. I think she was a champion. But that's what I mean. There are exceptions to every rule. Right. But that's what I mean. You can go through the list, and there are not an enormous, uh, you know, number of. Well, you know, I got like a college degree, and I had a four and everything was nice. My parents weren't abusive. <laughs> you know, mom and dad were both there the whole time. Loved me. You know, like that's yeah, not you're the not story. Gonna be, you're not going to live in an apocalypse. Yeah, and that's what I mean. In the post-apocalypse, right? Like, fittest is not the best muscles or whatever. Right, it's mental. Yeah, are you ready to fucking get the job done? Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the first. And this movie does a good job of that. Is are you the first person who's like, if I shoot now, like I got an extra day, an extra hour, an extra minute. Those are the people that survive who apocalyptic situations. are constantly fighting for that, <laughs> yeah, doing whatever that. it takes to get that extra minute Hell yeah. every single time. And this movie does that, right? Yeah. Like he sees his friend who he's worked across from, probably went to school with, and he's like, oh, I better run him over with a car. And that's why he makes it to the end of the movie. Probably not a lot after that. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's really cool in this movie. I hate movies where people are still trying to be like super noble. Right. Because I'm yeah. like, there might be a version of that. Yeah, like, I'll take, like, you know, like Hodor in Game of Thrones, right? That's like a, a reasonably noble apocalyptic move. Yeah. Right? Like, I'll throw myself down so you guys can live, but the maybe we can still make friends with it. That person does not make it in these movies. Right. As far as, yeah, as, far as a plot device, it would be rather derivative if they had done that, especially repeatedly over yeah. and over and over and over and over yeah. again. So, yeah, it does. it is a great uh, plot piece in this that it does set this movie apart because yeah. there's not very many movies where, like, even like in Walking Dead, where people, like, are just, like, non-hesitant yeah take everybody out whatever i need to do well that was to a, survive. a huge walking dead storyline is when carol's like yeah they were gonna turn so i murdered them and they're yeah. like ew gross carol get out of here like, <laughs> what the fuck yeah, and then like, she like is a stronger Carol's. survivor yeah because of that yeah and then the show comes back else. and they're like just kidding guys she was right the whole time <laughs> but yeah that's that's what i mean man i think that's cool in this movie but and that's the other thing the movie's set in a hunting town Right. So these people are like, we understand the, you know, surviving the game aspect of this. Like, we'll fucking get it. Well, yeah, it kind of <laughs> like, yeah, it, it, it sets up like a whole thing of like human beings being the top of the food chain. Yeah. Uh, and like how precarious they can actually be in the grand scheme of the universe. Right. Uh, but yeah, like, they just like start off with like, like just pro, completely 100% like pro gun toting town. Like every, yeah. every store sign is selling town. it. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're hunting town. Like they have like a, yearly like the biggest celebration of the town is to kill deer which i, I grew up deer hunting i'm not uh, having anything against that but it is just kind of an yeah, interesting you almost murdered like, me in our college house with a deer hunting <laughs> bow and arrow so, I, like, I know. That, that, you gotta put some context on that i didn't shoot it at you directly i was you practicing were and you, were you shooting, walked in okay let's put context on this we were in a home inside of a home you put yourself in a room where you couldn't see anything outside i'm not of the saying room, it was smart shot across the room and when i rounded the corner a fucking arrow went past me. I could have been killed. Slither yeah, style I, I, I admit I was, I was completely <laughs> stupid and lucky that I didn't. Yeah. So let's let's hold back you. on but your, I was, your but I was not... condemnation of gun-toting crazy people because you you're just an arrow-toting crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> 
You're the exact same. No, I, 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 I can at least say I know what it was like to be a stupid arrow toting person. Uh, yeah. To realize, I w- I'll admit, I was wrong. Arrows don't to- kill people. <laughs> people kill people. No, no, no. I 100% was wrong for shooting a yeah. compound bow and arrow inside the house along a range that I could not see. I was yeah. a dumbass 20-year-old. Well, I'm glad it only took us like 16 years to get there. No, I, I, I would have admitted that a long time ago. We just didn't really, it's just been a funny like no, bar I believe story. What you actually said is like, well, why were you coming upstairs? <laughs> that was like your initial take. But yeah, but I think that's, I, so one of the other things about this movie, I think is great, right? Cause I love the, I love the setup of the monster too, right? So this is man versus beast, right? In the most classic sense. But what it does too at the start of the movie is it takes it takes a lot of effort to try to paint this town as a very depressing place without being mean to the people of the city. It does paint them as kind of stupid. I see I don't even think it paints them maybe as it's stupid, too simple. Right? Maybe simple, maybe a better word. And that's the thing, I don't think that's wrong. Like there are just people that live in a pl- places like this where I mean, if we're being honest, our where we live is kind of like this. There is not a lot of things happening, right? <laughs> like you know what I mean? And so what it is, it's just people just going about normal lives, right? And the scene that really struck me I liked was, uh, so we start off and there's this weird downtown. It looks like kind of a very Midwestern downtown. But then it has like graffiti and a lot of like homeless looking people, which is very different for a small town like this to have that. And then we cut to uh, the karaoke bar, right? And it's just the yeah. most depressing bar yes. you've ever seen. And I've been in that bar a lot. Like but I there's used like to three know people, bars, and the only right? person singing karaoke is singing like a completely obscure, depressing song. <laughs> yeah, I've been in that bar too. I went up and sang Eve Six, uh, Inside Out. Everybody looked at me like, "What the fuck yeah. is wrong with you?" So the depressed that is people not what we do of here. The town in Slither were like, "Well, you made it worse somehow." <laughs> Great, and I'm an Eve Six guy, so that's why we were of that era. But this is what's cool, right? Is that scene comes directly after the survival of the fittest, right? Man's at the top of the food chain. And there's this great moment of what it does. It kind of cracks the armor of that myth, right? Where we're sitting there and she says the line about cockroaches. Are we really that much better than them, right? But it doesn't drive home for me until I see that karaoke scene. Because you're sitting there and as an audience member, I was like, fuck, man, we have all of these advantages, all these powers and prowess and brain power and our problem solving we can make weapon we've harnessed fire and technology we've been to the stars and this is all we have this is what we do with it like like, maybe we're not as powerful as we think we are right and like i guess as i've gotten older you see that everywhere in life where you're just like grown-up world doesn't make sense to me at all like we should be better why is it so hard to make things better, right? I mean, how human beings are just kind of a walking example of wasted potential. Yeah, like, like, like the epitome, just I would craziness. say, of that. In, in all of nature. Yeah. Like, we have Joaquin Phoenix at the Oscars, like, <laughs> oh, you guys shouldn't put milk in your uh, coffee. And I was like, hey, man, in the same town you live in, there are human beings that live on the road. Yeah. Like, maybe let's let's show some context to our yeah. – pro- uh, well, Let's prioritize yeah, what take one at a time. like, hey, man, I'm not here to, like, take cabs from moms. Like, don't come after me, animal people. I love animals. <laughs> but I was just making a point. Like, we have, like, weird things that we allow in our society, right? Yeah. Like, I used to do that. I used to give a lot of money to local, like, Los Angeles dog charities. But then I was like, man, that's fucked up. Because one day I was coming home from a farmer's market with my, you know, wife. And some guy was just, like, you know, desperately wanting some food. And he had no fucking shoes, and he showed me his feet. You're a doctor. His feet look like, oh, God, they look like the thing from Fantastic mm. Four. Like, I don't know what. They were, like, burning on the road, and he had no shoes, and they were fucking disgusting and hideous. And he's, like, a little guy, right? Yeah. And so I was like, you know, that's fucked up, man. I gave him my fucking shoes. He could barely get them on, even though I'm a lot bigger than him because his fucking feet were so too gnarled. And that was the day I was like, you know what? I'm never giving money to dog charities again. Yeah. Like, that guy needs our help. And this is what the movie does really well is it just sets up this like, hey, man, this is a more even battle than you think. And Mm -hmm. not because this monster is a super monster, but because we're not all we fucking think we are. (laughs) And then when they start turning on each other quick, you're like, "Ah, I see the the folly of man. (laughs) Yeah, we we do have a lot of vulnerabilities. Yeah. In this movie, (laughs) I never thought about it, but I was like, this is the perfect 2020 election year movie. Right, so you have like you have like your uh your MAGA people or the gun toting uh, civilians, and then like the Bernie Bros or the monster, <laughs> they're all just forging together into this one lump of like socialist mess. So, so, so what, 
I'm trying to get where the the, the, uh, the slugs infecting the. Yeah, right. Uh, I have to make another disclaimer. Uh, I also like Bernie. Bernie Bros, don't fucking attack us. You, you don't do. <laughs> yeah, a you lot don't know of these. what you're doing messing yeah. with the Bernie Bros, man. As a guy who they talks will, all the time, I do hours a week of rally. podcast. You always have to remember to clarify. Don't fucking murder me. I'm just making funnies. <laughs> I, I will back him up. He does <laughs> off camera support Bernie quite a bit. We have a lot of discussions uh, about the, that. <laughs> I just think it's funny. It reminds me there's this comic book uh, called uh, The World of Tomorrow, I think, right? It's like a, a Justice League Darwin Cook thing. And they're fighting this giant monster, Starro, right? He's like this giant fucking absorbing creature or whatever. And I saw him in a comic book convention. He's like, yeah, he's like, the weirdest thing to me is I wrote that book. And I was like, ah, the symbolism's like too on the nose, right? Mm -hmm. They had superheroes fighting communism. Yeah. And I, I remember even in the audience, like, oh, that's what that fucking was? And he thought it was And like he looked out at us and he's like, you guys didn't know either. Like, how did you not know that was communism? And maybe that's what this creature is. But it's a little more dictate dictatorial at the top. Well, and, and considering it was like 2006, like, you gotta, <laughs> yeah, right. you, you, you gotta put it in context. Yeah, we weren't like fully then. as crazy as about politics as we are now. Well, I mean, that maybe was the, that was the Bush know. era. Like, we just so, didn't have Twitter as much. We didn't yeah, have there was social media. So, like, yeah, Facebook was like very, like, in, much yeah. of an infancy uh, but this at is that the point thing, in time. Right? The monster even at one point says, I've been around for a billion years. Yeah, that's what he does say. I've been around for a billion years. You think you can fuck with me? Yeah. And there is Apparently, something... he never encountered combustible gas in <laughs> all of his journey throughout the universe. But you know what I think it is. I actually don't think it's that. I'll tell you what I think it is. Is what I think the movie's telling us, right? Because what we can see is that this creature can impregnate and make egg sacs to make tons of little worms that go out and can make an army of minions that do whatever he wants, have their own knowledge and personality, but can also he can talk through them, right? Right. He can also absorb as many people as he wants and become bigger and stronger. And they have kind of that green spit, like kind of. Yeah, like, they never really explained much. Yeah, of like it was. What it happens. didn't feel like it was acidic, but it felt like it was bad if it like, hit you. Like yeah, because her face swells up and she says yeah. it burns, but there's nothing else beyond that. And you see him occasionally like spitting on like a corpse on the ground yeah. that's screaming in pain. I took like, it as it was like digestive acid. I, right, I, like the fly when he pukes on the guy's hand, it's like ah. I saw it as like another way to like spread like the the hive mind, yeah, uh, maybe. To, be, to infect them. Like, but it's never that clear. Could be. It's never clear. But what you find in this movie, to me, right, is what they're telling us is this creature is so strong because it takes your strength and then adds its strengths on top of it, mm -hmm. right? What they fail to anticipate is mankind's great great weaknesses, right? The fact that he's bonded to Grant specifically creates the kryptonite that destroys him. Okay. Is this is a great scene too. When they're in the Jabba orgy room, he's still fucking jealous of Bill Prady, the the sheriff. Yeah. He's still fucking jealous. He is an alien overlord who's consuming this whole city. And within at the rate they took this city, or like within, let's say, even conservatively, like, two years, he's gonna take over the entire planet. Right. right? He's gotta cross oceans, but that won't be that bad, it feels like. <laughs> so you're like you're like this alien overlord, the eater of worlds. And you're still fucking jealous of a small town yokel sheriff. Sheriff, that's because it doesn't. That's what destroys him, yeah, right? He doesn't like, one hundred percent take over the host. Like the it's, host it's still the has King some Kong, control. right? Twas beauty slave the beast, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the problem: is that we have. This gets back to how he sets up the town so well. Is that with all of this great? ability and power we are we are these creatures that have a lot of really weird hypocrisies you know what i mean and so for him to take us over and that's that he still has grant's mind right and i think that's the problem is he never fully anticipates the depth of our own self-destructive yeah. natures and yeah it's a it's an interesting point of like anything that actually tries to uh, accumulate the masses for any purpose will in, in, in inherently self-destruct by the flaws of the individual people yeah. in and of itself. So that's a, yeah. that's actually interesting. Because the individual person, right? And this is where I think the movie's trying to say too, is we see the first, the x-ray shot when 
Grant gets hit. At yeah, the that start. was that was one of the weird scenes. Like when that when did that scene. I'm like, uh, I don't know how good this movie's gonna be, just because it's, it's it, amazing. I it, think no, what he's was, saying is that a, it's a brain parasite, right? Yeah. I think I think it's just one of those like this is just an easy I, way to explain this way. I mean, I would have been just it's fine if he choice. just like got in there and he started shaking a little bit, and yeah. then he comes up and he's I'm like, okay, I still get right, it. He done I don't the, I don't need to do the X-ray. Yeah. <laughs> like, has bleed out the ears, out the nose. Bother me. That's the one thing that that scene bothered me in that movie because it just looked terrible. You doctors. No, no, no! It had nothing to do medically. It just you like thought it was, the X-ray it, quality was fine. No, it was just, it was just, the, the, it was just shitty CG. That was unnecessary. That was the one scene I would say that could be taken out of that movie to make it Perhaps. better. Perhaps I, I think it's fine, man. Like if you're if you're using that as a way to tell me if that's like your one strike, like that's fine. Yeah, I know. It's still an overall great. good movie. It's yeah. fine. But what 99%. I think it's saying though, right, is he takes over your brain and he's like, I had, the brain is what separates us from everything else we've competed against, right? Mm-hmm. Our brain power is what makes us the most powerful, right? Because I remember reading that Sapiens book and he was like, language is why we became who we are. Because we yeah. can more rapidly be like, instead of like, ooh, ooh, like lion there and yeah. just pointing, we could be like, lion, third tree, second bend to the river watch the fuck out yeah. like we can give exactly let's make this more. complex device to kill the yeah. lion and that's what i mean so we could communicate and spread information faster and that's what made us stronger so the parasite takes over our fucking brain supposedly our strongest asset and what he doesn't realize is that every human being the smartest most well accomplished whatever we can always be undone by uh our emotions hearts yeah. by the heart right you know affairs of the heart it will always fucking completely undercut anything else we're doing yep. in life that no matter what happens, we are all just creatures of emotion. Yep. And that's what the parasite never figured out. And this is why the Grant Hurry. thing becomes extra good, right? It's because early Grant, you see him. I'll stop. I want her to exist as she is. Yeah. Right? At the end, Grant wants Starla only as a way to glorify himself, right? He wants her to be a part of him to make him feel better rather than existing as herself right he no longer emotionally cares about but he her. still doesn't want to absorb her does he because he let, starts letting go i think he, he lets go of her i think the plan is because they were calling her mother and so i think there the plan so much is, like, is that she will be turned also she's not going to stay the lady in the white dress because he got mad because he's like <laughs> you betrayed me like yeah. uh and then he kind of forgives her for it like he lets go of that anger and he starts letting her go yeah. and letting her go for i think the whole time like all the hive mind they're all gentle with her they pick her up they let her down very gently mm-hmm. so no i think like that was like i don't think it was self-serving his love i think it was just like he his does, one he human doesn't attachment. love but that's what i mean the the eater of worlds that we see is incapable of loving another creature right, because Grant, his Grant's, entire but Grant's love overpowers that. But that no, he's the fate. He's the fucking small exhaust vent in the Death Star. <laughs> you know what I mean? Grant's heart yeah. and his emotions. <laughs> but that's that's the part that I thought was so funny. Was that's the extra level that Michael Rooker brings to it? Right? Is mm-hmm. there's that little fucking thing because he even says earlier, right, when he takes over the sheriff. And he's saying Grant's lines to her, right? This, like, false voice through the deputy. Like, a marriage is a bond. You know, I am sorry. I wanted to do better. Yeah. That Grant kind of hijacked this guy's mind. Because the other zombies just wake up and go on the attack. This deputy didn't. Then she blows his fucking head off. And all hell breaks loose. It is weird that he, like, uh, he challenged her to to shoot him, too. Right. But you hear as he's, like, uh, as he's starting to twist and turn, it feels as if the Eater of Worlds is taking the mind over. And he says, he's like, you can't hate a creature for acting according to its nature. That thing's nature is whatever species you are, you're not worthy of living and you are only food for me. Yeah. And I will absorb you into me to glorify myself, take everything and then go do it again for billions of years. I mean, this could be like thousands and thousands of planets. Right. And so I think that's the really cool part is our weakness then by proxy becomes a strength at the end, right? That's how we can get in there and defeat this fucking thing that has eaten every other world we've seen. And I think that's pretty fucking cool, man. Well, it's always based on what it does. It is always subjective to its host's own weakness. So our inherent weakness is our strength from parasites. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's war of the worlds, right? Like they're fucking us up and then they're like, Oh, we got a cough. They they catch a cold. (laughs) So like this thing that's eradicated us forever yeah they but didn't made have any us a little stronger yeah. they get fucked yeah, up we, by, we, we right? went through that process of having 
The sequel to that book is hilarious because they bring back the cold virus, become immune to it, and come back and fuck us up like 10 years later. Right? I, actually, I didn't even know there was a sequel to War of the Worlds. There's not. I'm saying that's why oh. they didn't write it because it's not good. They're just like, ha-ha, we got you <laughs> well, now. Well, I mean, they would technically have to keep – to go through the same process – they would have to cultivate what all those viruses bring it back, <laughs> let hundreds of thousands of their own species die, and just let the ones that survive keep spreading it. that genetic. Here we go, the doctors over here. <laughs> let me have my I, science fiction. I, no, no, I, I, I'm saying it's it's, it's a good <laughs> plot device. I like that yeah. plot device in War of the Worlds. It works. <laughs> I think it's cool that the 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 weakness of our heart becomes the strength of mankind, and you see it too because. It's really played in Grant because in Grant, it's shown as the weakness that helps us defeat the monster, but it's still a strength for Grant, a weakness for the monster. But then for Prady, too, it's his strength is that he's so willing to hold this torch for Starla. Yeah, and he self sacrifices. He's still fucking going for it at the end, right? Like, I still am going to get it. He even has, like, Chekhov's grenade, mm -hmm. right, that blows up in the pool. <laughs> the whole, like, grenade scene did bother me. I'm like, God damn, that thing has the longest fuse out of any fucking grenade. Yeah, when he's, like, first, searching through yeah, the feather. Their first instinct is go and get him. Like, what the fuck are you yeah. doing? I really thought they were going to blow him up. Like, well, I was trying like, to find I think the grenade. you might have still achieved the mission if you just hadn't picked it up. Yeah, if you just, like, left it, <laughs> there still would have been plenty like, of. I mean, that was a closed room. Yeah. That shrapnel goes pretty far. You might not have gotten them all. You would have taken a dent. You would have made it. <laughs> I did love, though, that he did swat it away because I thought it was going to be, like, a real yeah. simple way to kill the – just yeah. go and throw a grenade, done and over. Yeah. I love that he swatted it away yeah. and they had to, like, do something else. I think because of the the rapey vibe of the Eater of Worlds, him being destroyed through putting his dick in something yeah. without checking it out first. It, it was much more fitting. <laughs> yeah, that's a perfect way for him to die. I'm totally okay with that. But I don't know, man. I, I think that's the – I wish this movie – would ascend past cult following because i feel like it's just i honestly as like in this era of horror movies it was a lot of japanese curse remakes which i love those movies right like the mm -hmm. ring and i know people hate on the grudge i liked the grudge when it came out shit like that i really dug and if you even just went and watched the asian versions they were fantastic yeah and then there's a lot of torture porn right yeah like that, yeah, that's the hostile days yeah, yeah that was like hostile and that's when horror movies to me got they just took the fun out Yep. And it became a, how much can you just stomach to watch? Like, I never thought Hostel was scary. It just dared me to not walk out yeah. of the theater as I saw people's bodies being ripped apart. And I didn't give a fuck about it. Right. Right. Yeah. And then in, it was like, it was like eating era, something gross. Like, yeah. like or like, yeah. Or, or, or <laughs> eating like a gigantic burger. Can you eat yeah. two pounds of hamburger or four pounds of yeah. hamburger? Like, yeah. you really don't want to do that, but. Something about them saying, yeah. can you? <laughs> can makes you eat you the world's hottest pepper? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I could, why would I do that? Right? <laughs> but the fact then, that they say, can you? like, eh, yeah. well, I'm going to give it a shot. <laughs> and then in the midst of all that, right? That's what's happening in horror, it felt like. This movie comes in that's wildly fun, has a great emotional base, amazing fucking creature work. That great and cast. just transported me back to the movies that made me fall in yeah, love with horror. I agree. And that's why I think this movie... I just I wish it was more profoundly loved. And I think maybe as time has gone on it is. But like here's something wild. When we were looking for it today, I don't own it on disc, so I was like, surely this will be on one of the twelve streaming sites nope. I pay for. I tried to find it. None nope. of those sites. I had, to I had to rent it on Amazon. Yeah, they never paid to have Slither. Yeah, Shutter. Like, like I was amazed didn't have it. I mean, <laughs> whatever site that was on. I was like, you'll get, because that's the thing now. These older movies like that that kind of got lost, mm -hmm. they can get that big new life. Like something on Netflix, right? You put yeah. it on Netflix, so many fucking people can see it again and, or for the first time and re-fall in love with especially it. Especially as a trend. Like most people like will say like, oh, there's a lot of people liking yeah. this. Maybe there's something to it. And yeah. they'll watch it and it just keeps growing. It snowballs. Yeah. But yeah, if you make somebody yeah. pay for it on Amazon, it's not going to catch on. Well, because that's the people who already missed it or they never knew about it in the first place. And that's the problem with streaming sites too is it just gets lost in, again, like there's, oh, there's like 25 movies that are something comes to earth to take us over or eat us. Yeah. You know, I'll pick this one maybe or I'll pick something else. But And that's – this movie, I, I really always hope it, like, gets the second life. And maybe it already has. I don't know. I mean, if you look on, like, a lot of lists, like, yeah. the best horror movies that you never saw, it's always on there. Uh, so, that, like, social media does help give it a little boost there. But right. I think you're right, though. Like, as soon as you put something like that on, like, Hulu yeah. or Netflix – really, Netflix. Hulu movies don't ever catch on. But, I feel like – well, they have so much TV and stuff. Yeah. Um, All these sites – I feel like that's the thing, though, right? I'd rather be the instead of like when you go to a town and it's like, what's the best bar or what's the best bar that no one ever goes to? Right. I'd rather just be at the best bar and have the most people there enjoying my bar all the time. 
And that's where I want Slither to stop being on the you haven't seen the best bar you haven't seen and just fucking be. This is among the most fun horror movies you could ever watch list. And plus, that's what I want to motivate that type of movie to come back. Yeah. And because I mean, as a, as a guy who loves practical effects, I was like, this movie should be fucking held up high, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, I love everything about this movie. No, I, and maybe there's a part of it is just like me and you, we grew up loving horror, so we inherently love that movie. Yeah. There weren't, I mean, there's a decent amount of people like our age that grew up loving horror in that genre, but there's yeah. a lot of people that didn't. Yeah, well, I mean, I think horror movie people, right, were like, I was like a metalhead kid. Yeah. And like punk rock kid and, you know, horror movie. Like we had our little like, there's not as many of us, but we're really fucking into it, right? I was an anime. Like I pretty much was like, what are all of like, the, the small niche things I can pigeonhole myself and as a high school kid, I'll take them all. <laughs> that nobody else likes that is just going to completely isolate me and I'll have nothing to talk about. Right, that's fine. But, like, my friends were like, oh, yeah, we like, you know, movies, right? Like, we saw Ace Ventura. We like movies. <laughs> and they would talk about it. But when yeah. I met another horror friend, you're like, fuck, we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah we got some shit to talk about. all day on this yeah. shit. And that those people I know love Slither. I want it like the fucking Eater of Worlds to infect everyone. Else. Yeah, there's All not, right. Well, as I say, there's not too many people out there that had. I think we probably had the same childhood where we we always have. We're the that group that has that memory of the person behind the ticket booth giving your parents the evil look yep. for let, taking you in to that theater. Like that's like a special type of, yeah. of, of upbringing that you. Well, have. my dad was just like, I want to watch it, and it's like, <laughs> well, okay, I guess. I mean. That's probably why he left when I was young, right? He made a lot of bad decisions, right? But yeah, he'd just go to Video Land and be like, "What do you guys want?" Yeah, that's exactly. It's like, don't do that, right? Like, ask your kid, "What do you want for dinner?" I don't know, cocaine yeah. and razor blades. <laughs> All right, that's what you asked for? Oh, what there a scamp! <laughs> All right, guys, that's it for Slither. Uh, again, I hope you guys love this movie. If you just found it with us, that's fucking awesome. Help spread the word, infect everyone else. Please do the same for the Film Alchemist podcast. Give us a rating and review wherever you're listening to us now. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, The Nerd Alchemist, plural with an S at the end. Sorry, I almost messed that up. Find us on our social medias. Uh, On Twitter, we're at Film Alchemist number one. Uh, You can tell us what movies you'd like us to cover, things in theaters, themes, double features, people to have on the show, anything we want to hear from you. Uh, And we'll be back momentarily with the Nick Cage, Richard Stanley, Lovecraftian, epic, epic fucking fever dream, color out of space. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Thanks for joining me, Mike. Uh, Thanks for having me. See See you soon.